Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams, and whew, let's all catch our breath from what was a crazy first round of the NASCAR playoffs. I didn't ever think that I would see the day that all three winners in a round would be non-playoff drivers. It's just incredible to think about, but here we are. Eric Jones, Bubba Wallace, Chris Buescher, all guys that could have won in a regular season and could have been playoff drivers, but for a little luck their way. Well, they found their luck in the first three races of the playoffs. Just not the right time to get them in the postseason, but certainly disrupting the whole postseason vibe. I'm fascinated by how this postseason has gone so far because I couldn't tell you who to bet on if you were going to Vegas. I mean, I guess the Hendrick cars because Hendrick has won, what now, two championships in a row. So, I mean, I guess Larson and Chase Elliott are the favorites, but I wouldn't put my hard-earned money on them. Bristol in and of itself was interesting. It was kind of a little bit of, of what I had feared. The short track racing has been so bad this year in the next-gen car. And I, I wouldn't say Bristol was a bad race. Like, I don't know that Bristol is ever capable of producing bad racing. I mean, even when the racing's bad, it's entertaining because it's a short track. But it wasn't great Bristol racing by any stretch of the imagination. Way too many parts failures. Way too many guys that could have been contenders being taken out by no fault of their own. And, and two of them end up missing the postseason or the second round of the playoffs because of that. So, you know, five and a half out of ten, six for Bristol. Um, I hope that they can, you know, Denny Hamlin tweeted out that NASCAR needs a next-gen 2.0. And I, I tend to agree. I think there are some great things with the next-gen car. I think it's definitely a swing in the right direction. I think the bigger tracks produce some outstanding racing, the the Road courses have been pretty entertaining, but the short tracks are the bread and butter. It's what the fans like, and the short tracks have not been great. I, I, I want to see how Martinsville goes, and obviously the final race at Phoenix, but I, I sure hope that we can find a little something uh, to hit on to make short track racing, and really the next gen, overall better, um, because I think that would be you know, the chef's kiss on this car, if we can, if we can get that taken care of. So this week on the pod, I'm so excited for my conversation. I talked to Joey Logano and I know a lot of people don't like Joey Logano, the driver, but I don't know how you can not like Joey Logano, the person. Every time I've ever interviewed him, he's been so insightful and this is no different. He, he gives great answers. He gives great information, you know, that I take in my understanding of what goes on in driver's heads and what goes on behind the wheel and how the car cars drive and just what it's like to be in NASCAR as a driver. So I really value the, uh, the few opportunities I get to talk to Joey one-on-one. I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation. And of course, as always, Chris is here to add his insight. They had a great run at Bristol. Top three for them at their home track. Uh, Parker Kligerman, the driver for Henderson Motorsports, joked after the race, they finished in every position in the top five at Bristol except for P1. It's coming. The way this team runs, it's definitely coming. I think they have three more races on their schedule this year. I think they're going to run Talladega, Homestead, 
and Phoenix. I think Phoenix still a little bit of a question mark, but I think that's their plan at this point. And then also, Chris won't come out and say it because I do ask him about this, but I think they're kind of hoping with the shakeup with um, KBM and Kyle Busch moving to Chevy that there might be some room in the Toyota camp for them to maybe get a little more manufacturer support. You know, they do this without any manufacturer support, which makes what they do even more impressive. And I really think they're trying to put together a deal to run the entire season next year. So um, I tried to get it out of Chris. He, he wouldn't come right out and say it um, when I asked him about it. But he'll give a little update on what, what they got going on uh, for the rest of this year and then the, into next year. And we'll also obviously recap Bristol and look ahead to Texas. So let's get this thing rolling. So I'm joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief for the number 75 food country truck in the Camping World Truck Series. Chris, 19, I said 19 different winners now in the Cup Series level. That's more than half the field of full-time drivers in the sport. What is happening this year? Is the good thing? Oh, it's a great thing. You know, it's just uh, getting everybody the same and equal uh, in, in the terms that they need to be equal. You know, not everybody's the same and equal as far as available funding, you know, and even the available number of people and available resources and so on and so forth. But um, these somehow these these teams have pulled themselves together. And, you know, another a great young man winning Chris Boucher, just I mean, super, you know, every how can you not be happy about that? Um, you know, Brad Keskalowski took over part ownership with Ralph's Fenway Racing, and they've been uh, kind of more over a struggle this year, just trying to get caught up and learning the new cars and so on and so forth. Pow, they win a race at one of the toughest racetracks to win uh, on the schedule. So I, I think it's great. Uh, you know, I heard somebody say comments about, uh, well, you know, it's good to be in a, you know, make a top 20 team in, in cup racing. And it, it, that doesn't sound all that glamorous, but you've got 19 winners. So if you're a top 20 team, you've got a really good chance of winning a race, which is very difficult. So I, I think that I give, I just give credit to the, the people in the teams that have kept digging, just like, just like on the, the Roush Keselowski teams that just they just they just kept at it this year. They haven't got their, you know, they haven't got their. Uh, one of my coaches used to say, "Get their dauber down." They they've kept at it. They've kept kept focusing, kept trying, kept looking, and here they go. Now they got to win. And and before Brad had issues, he was in in position to win that race also. So uh, man, super. Nineteen different winners. It's kind of hard to grasp really and we still got some races left to go you know talladega is a wild card we could have 2021 i hope we do and all three year. winners in the first round non-playoff drivers non -playoff. which is crazy yeah. to think about yeah good news for ford and rfk bad news for the toyotas at bristol broken power steering blown engines is this a next-gen problem a toyota problem a little bit of both or none of the above i, I think i think a, a little bit of both um Heather, the engine problems now has, I don't think has anything to do with the next gen car. I don't believe. I think uh, that, is a, that is an issue to where they are trying to get every little bit out of those engines. It's, again, it's right down, it's so hard to win these races 
They're in crunch time. They were trying to put the 18 in the playoffs. They knew they could go to Bristol with Kyle Busch and have a really good chance to win the race. So they, they swung for the fence. And more than likely, you know, maybe maybe squeezed a little bit too much. I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you that. I don't know the details. But you don't break a lot of engines you know, nowadays in cup racing or any racing. And, uh, you know, they just, uh, unfortunate, man. He was a, he was going to be an element to, to in the, in the tr somebody trying to get the win. And he was going to be one of the favorites there toward the end. Uh, it blew up pretty big because there was all kind of gooey stuff running out the tailpipe. So not, not good. And it's kind of a shame because he, and we talked about it before the show, there was he and Kevin Harvick, Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, some more that had issues that at the end of the race would have been just scratching and fighting and clawing one another's eyes out to win that race. But unfortunately, didn't get there. The round of 12 is now set. Chase Elliott is the top, the points leader. Chase Briscoe, Alex Bowman, Daniel Suarez, and Austin Sindrick are the drivers currently in jeopardy to advance. How do you handicap this round, Chris? Well, we, you know, we, we have at least three guys that didn't make the, the next round of the playoffs we just talked about. You know, Harvick, Kyle, um, Joey, uh, Joey Logano is in it, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I keep looking for a favorite, and I, I don't know that there is one, Heather. I don't see anybody, I don't see anybody there that like, okay, he has got, he's got the bright light in his hand and he's fixing to turn it on and blind the rest of these guys and go on. Is it Kyle Larson? Is it Chase Elliott? Is it Denny Hamlin? Is it Joey Logano? Is it somebody that in the past has done this? Or is it one of the guys we're not expecting? I, Christopher Bell? I don't know. I mean, it's, this is going to be really interesting. And the races coming up, especially that wild car race at Talladega is going to, man is going to be interesting to watch it's going to be intense especially if we keep getting non-playoff drivers winning like martin truck yeah. jr he could win and oh, he's yeah. not in the playoffs oh, and yeah. yeah i mean it yeah. could be so good yep. yep it could be crazy all right your little race team had a good weekend in bristol third place finish are there bigger things ahead for henderson motorsports the rest of this year and next year uh, heather we've we've been very blessed this year we've had a, a good year we've had some really good finishes we've had um some times when like bristol we didn't think we we're going to be very good we qualified terrible we barely outrun the fire truck <laughs> and then in the race it just we just kind of kept alive and and or came alive and just kept digging and all of a sudden we're you know, up there in the top five, top four, and we go to third and drive off from the fourth place guy, and I'm like, wow. So, you know, we've got a, we've got a good driver, which makes a ton of difference. Uh, we've got good people. Uh, we are trying to look forward. We're, we're not satisfied where we're at as a race team. We, we want to do more, we want to accomplish more, and we want to take advantage of the time that we've We've got momentum going with, uh, you know, with a hot driver, uh, uh, as Larry McClure used to say, a fast driver. You know, you want to take, you want to make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> we're uh, we're trying to do things that will give us more races and more opportunities to win and more opportunities to be on the racetrack. Uh, we're working on it. So um, time will tell. We don't have anything defined or or rock solid or we are going to race. We'll probably we'll race at least as much as this year and uh, we're, we're trying to do some things that'll help us be 
there more often. And um, I, I'm, we're all very happy. We're, we just feel very blessed. We feel good about what we've done in the last five or six years and the progress we've made. And we're not, we're not standing still. We're not, just, we're not gonna sit on our thumbs and, and say, hey, we're, great. We're, we're doing great. We're, you know, we're, we wanna do better. So we're trying. <laughs> well, we are all enjoying it, that's for uh, sure. Thank you. NASCAR heads to Texas this week to open up playoffs. We ran the All-Star race there earlier this year and it was not a great race. So what can we expect this week at Texas? Uh, I hate to say this, but I, th I think you can expect some frustration. Uh, Texas is a tough place. It's a fast racetrack. It's, it's, like a, it's like speedway racing on the third and fourth end of the racetrack and back around. Then you get to one and two, and it's kind of like, like turn one at Pocono, except a little bit harder, a little bit less banking, and uh, it's, it's just tough. And it seems like most of the races run there, a lot of cars end up torn up and crashed and don't finish the race. So hopefully that'll change this weekend. Hopefully the drivers can, can figure out to, and crew chiefs figure out how to, how to handle that place. They, they do some different stuff with the, with the, I call it grip spray, the PJ1, uh, trying to widen out the groove and so on. And maybe, maybe that will be a little bit better situation, but um, man, it's a fast place where things happen fast. And again, this could be a wild card race. It, it, could, it could spell gloom and doom or bright sunny day for all the, all the racers, but especially those playoff guys. I mean, it could, uh, it could be your best day or, oh no, one of those days. So anyway, we'll, we'll look to see. Joining us now is Joey Logano, driver of the number 22 Ford for Penske Racing. Thanks for joining us today, Joey. Oh, thanks for having me here. All right, so you survived and advanced what was a crazy first round of the playoffs. When you look back at the first round, you're just like, we advanced, or what's, what's your thought as you head into round two? Uh, it's just, a, just like the rest of the year. It's been unpredictable and crazy and, and hard to be consistent, and you've seen that with all the playoff uh, contenders. Almost all of them had an issue in those three races. Um, we had a solid Darlington. We had a mediocre uh, Kansas and then a horrendous Bristol, right? And it, it still was good enough. And it's kind of crazy to think about that, um, you know, with, with, and also we had three non-playoff drivers win the first three races of the playoffs. Like, when has that ever happened? Never. So, like, it, we just got this weird world we're living in right now in the NASCAR world. And uh, with this next-gen car, it's just what it is, right? It's, the cars are, are closely paired. Um, it, we're still trying to figure out how to race, where the limits are. Um, we saw that happen at Bristol, going there for the first time on concrete. A lot of right front tires blowing out because we haven't raced there yet. And we don't know where the limit is. Got it now. We know where it is. <laughs> we blew one. We know exactly where the limit is. So we'll back off from that moving on. But that's what it's about right now. It's just a, a very interesting year. Is the hardest thing maybe trying to figure out exactly where you're going to be good? Because all the normal contenders, the people that we expected to come into Bristol and be good, were not. I mean, you saw guys running up front at Bristol that never run up front at Bristol. And it seems like that's not the only track that it's been that way. Is that the hardest part as a competitor is going into a track where you think you're going to be good and not being? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Vegas is having one hell of a time trying to figure it out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I can't figure it out from, from where I'm at uh, and, and who's going to be strong from week to week. Um, you know, and, and I mean, there's some trends that are, are starting to build every now and again, but 
gosh, it's just, it, it's just so unique. Like you said, it's hard to, to call a, a clear favorite um, when it comes to a certain particular racetrack going off of previous history. So how do you approach the second round? Do you, does this make you want to be a little more conservative or is, is that not even in your, your DNA and you just attack anyway, or how do you approach it? I think you got to attack the first race. The first race is the one that sets you up each and the first race in each round is a huge deal and that'll determine how you race the next two. Um, so going down to Texas this weekend, if we can go out there and score 40 points, all right, now you're in a pretty decent spot, right? We're sitting second right now. We have some playoff points on our side. If you can score 40 on top of that, you set yourself up to be in a pretty good spot to where it just don't blow it, right? And it's kind of where you're at with it. So you go to Talladega and you go, okay, I just need to survive and get 20 something points and that'd probably be okay. And then go to the Roval and try to score 30 points and, and you're going to be in good shape if you can do that. Um, now, if you have a bad Texas, now you're, now you're forced to be aggressive in the next two races and it's kind of an all or nothing. So it just depends on the, on the first race of each round, I believe to set the tone of how you're going to race the next two. So how do you approach Texas? Cause the only time that we were at Texas this year was the all-star race, it, which is different than the normal race. You don't have long extended runs like you might get on, on Sunday. So how do you approach this first race? Um, yeah. I mean, but it, it's a long race, right? I mean, it's a 500 mile race. It's, it's long. Um, and there's, there's a lot of things that can happen throughout a 500 mile race. They're, they're tough. They're long, they're grueling. There's going to be pit stops. There's going to be issues you're going to have to fight through. Um, but you just got to stay in it, right? You got to just survive and, and, uh, and, and you recover. There's time to recover when there is issues when you have a race that long. Um, you know, so it, it, as far as the setups, at least we have a general idea of what we want to work on from the last time we were there. We're not going in there blind like we did at Bristol. So we have an idea of what the track was like last time in the areas we were weak so we can work on that um and outside of that it's, it's typical texas race we'll have to just execute it perfectly so when you start to get deeper into the playoffs how much of an advantage is to have your teammates with you because both your teammates advance to this round so you're all st still three going it is an advantage or i mean i talked to one driver i don't want to throw them under the bus but they said i kind of wish it was just me because then i'm getting all the attention and all of the all of the uh you know all the best stuff well, I don't know if there's the best stuff anymore, right? It used to be like that. Yes, when we were building all our own parts and cars and all that, and there wasn't enough for everybody, well, the, the guy that was still in the playoffs got it all the time, right? That, that, so there was an advantage there. Now we all have the same parts, so there's not really much of an advantage of being the only guy in still. Um, now it changes the way you race everybody, right? Like if your teammates were not in the playoffs, well, they would, be, they would let you go every time. Well, now they don't. They're racing still. They, they need the point as much as you do. So it, it, you can't expect them to lay over or give you a spot when you're trying to move through the field. So it's, it's still tough to race against them. I think it's a good thing more than anything for, because you want your teammates to push you, right? You want somebody pushing you along and, and, uh, and, and that feeling of someone just kind of giving a kick in the butt. Sometimes you need that. Right. And, uh, the playoffs do that alone, but also having your teammates fast as well and being in the playoffs and racing them for a championship, that's good for that selfishly. And then also selflessly for, for Team Penske, you want those guys in. That's more chances to win a championship. That's more chances for the guys to reach their bonuses and those type of things. So, yeah, you want them in. You want to help them out and uh, as much as you can. But, of course, you want to be the guy, right? You want to be the one that wins. Just one fun question. I've uh, been watching the uh, the USA Network uh, uh, reality show, and you're featured pretty prominently in that. 
what do you think that's done for NASCAR? Because I think people are getting to see a part of you and a side of you and, and some of the other drivers too that they don't see. I mean, a lot of people are just like, Joey Logano, boo, or whatever, <laughs> or, Johnny Le- or Joey Logano, yay, that's my guy. But people are really getting to see, you know, a different side of you. Well, I think it's, it's fun. I've enjoyed watching as much as anybody too, because I like seeing what my competitors do and how they live their life. Um, you know, we're, we're all human, right? It, it, just just because we have a really cool job of driving a race car for a living doesn't make us not human, right? We, we have families, we have stuff, right? We have the, the daily stuff, the crap, right? That everybody's got to deal with in their life in different ways, right? And, and we're no different than that. Maybe our issues are different than others at times, but we still have things we have to deal with. And uh, I think the show does a good job at kind of showing that, right? Like, that, that, yeah, we have a cool job, but we still live our life like pretty normal, like normal people. I, I think more normal than most athletes, if I'm being honest. And I think we're all like, we just go drive race cars and maybe a little bit more country than others because we, we just are focused in on cars and we like that stuff and their families are, I, I feel pretty normal. Um, so it, at least that is for me, but I like seeing others and seeing how they live. It's interesting too. For my final thought today, I want to talk about what the limit is on what's good racing as far as how many different drivers can win. And I didn't articulate that very well, but let me kind of back up and explain to you what I mean. There were a lot of people that long for the good old days of NASCAR. They want, you know, Richard Petty, David Pearson, Dale uh, Earnhardt Sr., Daryl Waltrip. And those guys are greats, right? They're, they're, every single person I just named is a Hall of Famer. They are all-time greats. And they were great race car drivers. And they were great entertainers and personalities. But they didn't really race in what I would call the golden era of NASCAR. There weren't a lot of good cars back then. And I hear people talking all the time about, oh, I loved Bristol when people were running door to door and there was racing everywhere on the track. Uh, Were you watching this weekend? Because even though the racing wasn't great, they were racing hard for every position on the track. And oh, by the way, when the day started, there were 25 guys that could have won instead of five. And nobody finished eight laps ahead. Nobody won by three laps or four laps. This is the golden era of racing. Now, it's not the golden era of personalities. I get what people miss. I miss, I get the nostalgia of Richard Petty sitting there all night signing autographs, of Dale Jr. rattling or Dale Sr. rattling somebody's cage. I get that. I, I get why you miss that that era of racing. But the pure racing, there are so many guys that are so talented, and maybe it's the car that's helped lay it level the playing field. In fact, I know it is, but it just shows how talented the guys are right now, right? Because given equal equipment, the 20th place guy, Chris Busher, he's somewhere around 20th in the points. Bubba Wallace is somewhere around 20th in the points. The 20th place guy can go beat the first place guy on any given weekend. That to me is what makes this era of NASCAR so great. Now don't make me compare eras because Every era has something to give, right? I just mentioned that era. I think watching what Jimmy Johnson did during his era and just pure dominance 
and just complete understanding by his crew chief of how the car works beyond anyone else in the garage area, that's also great in its own way. Each era ha has something great that it's given to the sport. But I don't like it when people knock down this era because this era is great in its own way. And to see so many great drivers in the garage area and so many guys, I mean, we still have guys this year that have not won. We've had 19 winners. Martin Truex Jr. hasn't won. Ryan Blaney hasn't won. Brad Keselowski, Eric Almarola. There are a lot of guys, Michael McDowell. There are a lot of guys that can still win. We could have almost the entire field winning. I saw a meme last week that was so funny. It was like the field for the for the uh, NASCAR All-Star Race Open and it had two guys on it. It's a possibility. That is what makes this sport great. Greater than I think F1 or IndyCar, where both of those just have a couple of drivers, IndyCar maybe five, that can win on any given week. If you have a favorite driver, he has a chance to win in NASCAR. And to me, that's amazing. Thanks for stopping by on the Backstretch. We'll see you next week.